You're listening to a message from Christian Life Ministries in Coventry, a dynamic, growing church in the heart of the nation. We pray that God will speak to you through this word and impact your life for His glory. Fantastic. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Are you all doing well? Good. Are you happy sitting next to the person you are sitting next to? Put your hand up if you are. Put it up high. Who's not sure? Who would like to shift? Okay, fantastic. Hey, in our church, um, you know, we, we have a thing called Pastor Your Row. Uh, you know, as your church gets bigger, people can get lost. And God loves the individual. How many of you know that? This is the great thing about Jesus. He would walk through a crowd and his incredible compassion uh, to, to just minister to the individual. And you know, that's, that's what family should be like. So I just wonder, just look across your row just for a moment. Could you do that? Look across your row. Who knows every person in the row? Put your hand up. The front row does, and they should because they're leaders. If they didn't know each other, it'd be great trouble. But you know what? Here's the reality. Not every one of you know the person in your row. Wouldn't it be amazing if uh, you started pastoring your row on a Sunday? I wonder what would happen. Because you just don't know the people that are sitting next to you or in your row and what their need that they have. You know, ever since we've begun to do that, there's been a greater connection. And you know, the, the way the church should work is the body should minister one to the other. So have another quick look. Have a quick look. Have a quick look. Straight after the service, straight after the service, why don't you come out of your little world and make a, a point of trying to meet everyone in your row? Is that okay? Fantastic. Come on, give God a hand of praise this morning. He's awesome. Brilliant. Hey, what a great, great church. How many of you know this is a great church? This isn't just a good church. This is a great church. And, you know, it's one of my favorite churches and in my travels. And uh, I'm, I'm so appreciative. You could just feel the heartbeat of the Spirit of God. You can also feel the anointing on this church, the, the, the destiny upon this church. I think your, your leaders and particularly your senior pastors uh, are amazing people. And, and uh, do you know, to Martin and Esther, you know, I started the journey with you, I guess, it was an amazing time, great connection in God. I love your family. I love you as individuals. I love what God's doing through you. I'm so thankful that you have continued to grow. And uh, you're not, not just numerically, but I can see the internal growth in your own lives. Uh, this couple is fantastic with their team. Let me tell you, it's not just about your senior parts. What a great team of people you have. And why don't you give them a big, big hand and just encourage them this morning. I think that would be absolutely fantastic. So, Joe, um, what a great young man. Now, you're not married. Are you married? No. Would you like to be married? You would. <laughs> who, who, who would like to marry Joe? Girls, put your hand up. We can arrange this, do you know? Have you got money? Yeah, yeah okay, you're going to have some problems. Okay, no problems. What a great young man. I want you back up here at one o'clock. Is that all right? Could you do that for me? Give him a big, big hand. What a great, great young man. Awesome. And uh, I don't know where Sarah's gone, but what a great worship. Well, what a great worshiping spirit she has upon her. Is she there? Oh, man. You got your absolute, you and Ryan, beautiful. Do you know, you don't know, you don't know what baby you're going to have as a boy, girl? A boy. You know, Nick is a great name. Nick is an incredible name. The word Nicholas means leader of thousands. 
Have you got a name? Sorry? You got a short list. Am I on it? I am. <laughs> great. Awesome. All right. I'm going to be, there's great anticipation. Lisa, if they don't name the baby Nick, you've got the name. All right. Awesome. Brilliant. Hey, I, I love having fun in church. How many of you know God is a fun God? He's an amazing God. And do you know what, what amazes me that, uh, do you know, I, I get the incredible opportunity to minister to people. And, and I've been in some meetings that I've walked away going, wow, isn't God amazing? And, you know, I noticed in the early years of my ministry that there was a, a breakthrough anointing on my life. I didn't ask for it. I didn't even really understand it. But it seemed that, you know, there, there were times that while I was ministering, just the Spirit of God would come and there'd be breakthrough in people's lives. And, and I love blessing people. But, you know, over the last, and, and that still happens. I still move in that dimension. But, you know, over the last most probably five years, there's been a shift in my ministry. And part of it is because of my own transition and, uh, you know, now uh, uh, there is also a spirit on to build people. How many of you know God wants to bless us? God wants to break through. But you know what? He wants to build his church. He wants to build people. So this morning, my message is more about building. It's more about not that God doesn't want to bless us. But, you know, if you allow God to build you, you will be blessed. You know, sometimes people pursue God for the blessing. Can I say this? But sometimes that's the wrong way around. If you allow God to build you, you will be blessed. And not just for the moment, but you'll be blessed right through your life, which is really, really important. So this morning, I can sense in this church uh, that there's a great desire just to keep accessing the new levels in God. How, how many of you have got a great hunger to access God's destiny for your life and for this church and for this community? for the city. You can sense it. There's such a spirit in this place. There's, a, there's a great spirit of authority here, but there's also a great spirit of restoration. And, you know, I, I can sense that just as uh, worship is coming, some of you people that have been broken you know, God will heal you just through your worship. And as you continue to do that, this church will have and has a restorative spirit, but it also has a responsibility to raise people up and to release them. If all we do is restore people, we do not fulfill the actual fulfillment of the gospel. The gospel, Jesus wants to restore us. How many of you have been restored by Jesus Christ? You know, coming into salvation, that's the restoring hand of God. But you know what? It doesn't stop there. God wants to raise you up, empower you, not just with his gifts, but with his purpose. And then he wants to release you into his purpose. And when we see those three things, we see the fulfillment of how the church should actually function. And some churches, that all they do is they stay in this place of restoration. And what happens is they never actually enter into the destiny of God. But I sense that on this church, there's a great call. With that call comes a great responsibility. And I want you to understand that, you know, churches today, there are many churches that don't actually fulfill their purpose, uh, but I really sense the call of God on this church and the responsibility to fulfill this call. So this morning, what I want to talk about, accessing new levels in God, accessing new levels in God. I want to speak to you as an individual. I want to speak to you as a family. I want to speak to you as a church. What are actually the keys to accessing new levels in God. So I want to give you three principles. I might not get to all three of them. It doesn't matter because I want you to pick up the spirit of what I believe God wants to say to this church. So the first key, if we can put it up, is this maturity. Maturity, 
Now, don't switch off on me, because as soon as I've said that word, some of you think, oh, that's a bad word. Maturity gives you greater access to God's anointing, his authority, and his influence. How many of you want a greater authority in Jesus Christ? How many of you want a greater influence for the sake of the kingdom? How many of you want a greater anointing so you can minister in a great and more powerful way for his kingdom? We're building his kingdom. Maturity is the key. And uh, do you know, I've... um, I've got two grandchildren. I, I, in, in the last two years, my, my uh, youngest boy, would you believe him and his wife, have given us two beautiful grandchildren. I'm going to show a picture of one of them. And uh, this is River. And he's nearly, isn't he cute? He's nearly uh, two years old. He turns two in October. And, uh, you know, we're, we're so looking forward to celebrating his birthday. Here he's ordering pizza. He's on the phone ordering pizza. Uh, he's, he's, uh, I'm Italian, and so food is very, very important to us. And I absolutely love him. Let me tell you, he has got me tied around his little finger. Every time we go to his place, you know, I give him my undivided attention because I just love him. And he's got a fascination. You know, his greatest fascination at the moment is cars. Every time he sees a car go past, he goes, car, car. You know, and he just loves it. You know, I buy him, so he's got so many toy cars. He just loves cars. And one of the things that he loves to do is sit in my car and he loves to play, you know, with the steering wheel like he's driving it. But, but one of the things, whenever he sees my keys, he wants the keys. Now, how many of you know he ain't getting the keys? See, I love him. I love him with all my heart. And I want to bless him. And I want to just bestow just blessing upon him, but he ain't getting the keys. And the reason he's not getting the keys, it's not because I don't love him. It's not because he isn't cute, but he ain't getting the keys because he hasn't got the maturity to drive that vehicle. And, um, you know, many times it's the same with us. We've got, we, we want to access the, the keys of the kingdom. And can I say this to you? God wants to give us the keys to the kingdom. He wants churches, he wants individuals to have keys to the kingdom, to access the destiny and that anointing and, you know, that authority and that influence. But because of our state of maturity, God can't give us the keys. And we can't access actually everything that God has for us. And, you know, this is the sad thing. I I go to quite a few churches and and I see that many times we we like spiritual experiences, but we don't actually like going through the stages of growth that bring us maturity. You know, I, I go to churches and in the early days of my ministry, I was amazed how many churches would invite me. And this is what they'd say to me, Pastor, look, just, just preach for a few minutes and then just move in the prophetic. Now, you know what the prophetic does do something powerful it encourages it breaks through it's amazing but you know you can't live there you can't just live there because this is what I noticed I used to prophesy in churches I'd go back the next year and they were still the same place I'd go back the next year and I'd go the same place and then you know when it happened three times I'd say I ain't coming till you're catching up till you catch up with the word that I've actually given you because you haven't grown to actually be able to carry that word it's called maturity Someone's a bit excited about that. But I love it. I love that realm. But if we don't grow up in God, we can't access the keys of the kingdom. God is a good father. He's a good father. He wants to give you everything that he has purposed in your life. 
He wants to give you everything that he has bestowed in your spirit. You know, sometimes people say to me, well, you know, your prophecy, you know, let me just say this, prophecy is conditional to the way you respond in obedience. I can prophesy as much as I want to encourage you, but if you don't take that step of growth, you're not going to enter into that prophecy. Is that okay? Do you still love me this morning? And it's important to understand that. Do you know, when I was 36 years old, I, I was being trained by a great prophetic ministry. This prophetic ministry, man, still to this day, I haven't quite seen people move to the dimension that he moves in. It, it was amazing. And he would come to our church and, you know, I was part of the leadership team and he, he kept picking me out and he kept saying, you know, there's a, there's a prophetic mantle on your life. You know, he did this three years in a row. I didn't really know what the prophetic was. I, I was pretty mature in those days and but he just kept doing this year after year after year. On the third year, I got so frustrated because people were coming up to me and goes, well, you know, what are you going to do with this? And I said, I don't even know what it means. Does he mean, you know, prophetic or pathetic? What's he actually saying, you know? And I invite, he invited me. I said, look, please help. Will you mentor me? I don't, don't, I don't have anybody that can actually teach me how to move in this realm of the Spirit. And he said to me, come to this camp. It was a five-day camp. I wish I could tell you some stories. Man, I want to tell you the reactions that happened because of the spiritual intensity of that camp. My flesh reacted. I didn't know so many buttons could be pushed in me. It was like there was buttons being pushed left, right, and center. And God, it was like he did a total makeover on me. I came back literally a different person. And, and that anointing, you know, just began to evolve in my life. There was a, there was a price I had to pay for it, and I'll, I'll explain that to you in a minute. And so what happened, he was very gracious. He began to invite me to do some of the seminars and teachings with him. So I'd stand on the same platform with him, and I'd tell you, you know, because the anointing would just rub off on me, and I'd move in dimensions I hadn't moved before. And then what happened one day, because of my insecurity... You know, I began to ask him, I wanted affirmation. I wanted, you know, I just began to ask him, hey, how, how do you think I'm going? That's a good question to ask. How many of you think? But, you know, I just kept annoying him. It's like I was annoying him. And it's like he didn't want to really tell me. I, I think he realized that I was very sensitive and there was areas of my life that were broken. So he was trying to be very sensitive, but I just kept annoying him. And then eventually he turned around and he said this, do you really want to know? I thought, I think I'm going to be, I'm not going to like the answer. Now, I was 36 years old, and this is what he said to me. Do you know what? In some areas of your life, you, 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 you act like a 40-year-old. But there are other areas of your life, you act like an 18-year-old, and I feel sorry for your wife. And I feel like he, and I, I was just, thank, I was thanking God my wife wasn't there to hear that. I felt like he just smacked me on one side and the other. Because what he was trying to address was that there was areas in my life that hadn't matured. Now, can I, I'm going to make a comment and please hear what I'm about to say. Did you know most of the issues we face in life are because of our immaturities and our insecurities? How many of you know what I'm talking about? Most of the issues and most of the areas that we struggle with in our life are because of our immaturity, because we, we don't take the stages of growth, and so the crisis in our life may become even more impacted because of our state of maturity. And, and you know, I think I was just a late bloomer. 
I look back now over my life and I think to myself, I wish I had addressed some of the areas in my life. Now, in all fairness to me, some of them I did not know how to address them. There are some people in this room, and as you're hearing this message, please don't get condemned. This is not a condemning message. This is a message to shift you and bring you to a place of wholeness and a place of safety and a place of security and a place of greater influence. This is not a condemning message. There's sometimes there's things in our life we do not know how to address them because we haven't been equipped in those areas. But you know what? It, what, what it did when he began to address those issues in my life, he wasn't just speaking about ministry, but he was talking about my life. Now, how many of you know that, you know, ministry comes out of your life? Yeah. It comes out of your life. Jesus never said this, I've come, to, you know, in John 10, 10, it doesn't say this, I've come to give you ministry and ministry in its abundance. He said, I've come to give you what? Life and life in its abundance. It comes out of your life. And so what happened is that I began to take a good look at myself. It was the wake-up call that I needed. It was the wake-up call that began to shift me and take me from one level in God to another level. And I began to address emotional issues in my life. I didn't realize how broken I was. I didn't realize that there was areas of my emotional life, areas of my soul that were so damaged that because of the damage in my life, they actually stopped me from maturing. There are people in this place right now, you love God. You love God. You have a heart for God. But because of your brokenness, what's happened, and this is why the Spirit of God, when he comes, he comes into the very recesses of our soul, and he wants to bring healing. I wish this morning I could, I could teach on a message that I preach about the five steps to get emotional healing. Because whenever I teach on that, people get healed. But you know what happens is it gives us an indication. And the first principle, the first thing that I had to do was acknowledge that I was broken. And I didn't like that. But God began to, you know, move into those recesses of my heart. And as I allowed him to move in those recesses of my heart, I began to grow as a person. My wife was a lot happier, let me tell you this. Do you know, but now in our church, because of my own experience and because of experiences that I've seen in other ministries, do you know, now in our church, we have a different approach to discipleship. Discipleship is the lost concept in our churches. Today, most of us want just a spiritual experience, but that is not all God wants to do in your life. He wants to establish you. He wants to ground you in his purpose, in his identity, not your identity, so that you can actually mature and hold the purpose that God has got for you. That's why when you read the Bible, you know, people like Joseph, who had a dream at a very early age, 17 years old. That's why David, when he became anointed king and killed the giant at the age age of 18, if you notice, they actually didn't fulfill, weren't able to carry the destiny upon their life till they reached 30. They couldn't get the keys. Why couldn't they get the keys? Why did they have to go through that process of God dealing with the inner issues of their life through trials and rejection and betrayals, issues of the heart? It wasn't until they were 30. You know, in the Jewish culture, in the Jewish culture, they don't have such thing as teenage years. They go from what we call, you know, child, which is naught to 12. Then they have the bar mitzvah, 
And then the bar mitzvah, at that point, the child enters into this place where they have, where they actually teach them to become adults for 17 years. Imagine if that happened in our communities, how enriched our young people would be. Today, we call our teenagers stupid. Today, we, we, we put them down. But really, you know, the teenage years, which is American concept, is really a, a time that we should develop people. And that's why these men of God, when they reached 30, they were able to then hold the purpose of God. It was a maturity issue. They were not able to access the purpose until they reached maturity. Do you understand what I'm saying today? And you know what? This church has got a great destiny. This church has got a great purpose. In our church, that's why we've changed the template to how we do discipleship, the way we train our leaders and our young adults. You know, we've got five campuses. That means that I actually am the senior pastor of five churches. We started with 20 people five years ago, and uh, we took over a church that was, uh, had lost its way, it's it broken its way, it lost vision, it lost direction. And what happened is that they asked me to come and repurpose. It was not the church that I wanted to take because I thought, oh man, it has got a long, long way to go. But cut a long story short, and, and can I say this? The re, this was a flagship church. This in its heyday was a flagship church. But because the leadership refused to move through the stages of growth and development, it went into cyclic behavior and it lost the destiny and purpose upon its life. And boy, do we see, I don't know if it happens here, but we see it in Australia. That's the danger of not growing through the cycles of growth and maturity. But in our church now, we have five campuses, and all our leaders now, they, we have a holistic approach in how we develop them as leaders. There's five things that we address. There's five things we look at. The first one, which is really the, the Jewish culture, which the, the Bible is written in this Jewish culture. Here's the five things. Number one, we, we talk about their physical life, their physical being. How are they? Are they healthy? And, um, you know, it's really important. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. There was, a pro there was an apostle in Australia. He was, in, in 1970, he was the foremost runner in the, in the uh, nation of Australia. The thing is, he died at the age of 50. He never fulfilled the full purpose of God because his physical being took him out. And, you know, we have to address those issues. The second one is this. You have to address the areas of the soul, the emotions. We talk about to our, to our young adults and to our leaders, we talk to them. How is your soul? How is your emotional life? This was my biggest challenge. My biggest challenge has not been ministry. I, I don't do too bad at this. But boy, oh boy, my emotions were up and down like a yo-yo. And it's not just because I was Italian. It's up and down like it. My wife is a flatliner. She is a mature person. She's like this. Every once in a while we get a bit of a blimp. She's like this. So this is what our relationship was like. Every time I went up, I'd cross here, and then I'd go up, and then I'd go down. I'd go up, and I'd go down. Not a good place to be. As time is going on now, my emotional life is a lot more like this. Do you know why? I've had to work at it. Boy, have I had to work at it. Do you know your, your soul consists of your mind, the way you think, your emotions, the way you feel, and your will, the way you act. If you think wrong and you feel wrong, guess what? Your will is subject to the state of your mind and your emotions. 
And, you know, a lot of people, we don't talk a lot about the soul, but let me say this to you. It is one of the things that can stop you from moving through to the next stage of destiny in your life. And so then we talk about, you know, the spiritual you know, person's call and their gifting. We talk about their relational life. We talk about their financial life. All five areas, you know, the number five is the number of grace. God has graced us in these areas. If we follow his pattern in the word, we can actually build our lives to be mature lives that will be effective for the kingdom of God and he will give us the keys to the kingdom. Can you give me an amen to that? Can you give God praise on that? Now, do you know... I've got a young staff. One of our campuses, one of our big campuses is run by a 31-year-old. Can you believe that? 31 years old is running a church of over 400 people. And that's the church that's grown from 20 to 400. He's an incredible preacher. He's an incredible, passionate young man. He's got fire in his belly. He carries a revival spirit. He's on the way at the age of 40. You know, I really believe he's an emerging apostle. And I'm training him in that realm of the spirit. But because he carries so much passion, he's also got this emotion, this raw emotion that, you know, if, it, if it's not kept in check and, it's not, and if he doesn't address it, he could actually, you know, go down a path that could actually hurt him. And so, do you know what? We, we've had many, many conversations. I love them to bits. He's like my spiritual son. Him and April, they're like my spiritual son. But we constantly have conversations with him. But this is what I love about him. Let me tell you what I love. I love it because he's vulnerable. He's open. He's honest. Do you know, I remember in the early days when he came to me, I began to teach him this concept. I began to say to him, listen, do you know what? We're not, I'm not just going to build you in the area of spirituality. I'm not just going to build you in how to preach. Let me tell you, he can preach. He has no issues with preaching. But let me tell you, you know, you only spend about 40 minutes on here. When I go home, that's where life begins. <laughs> My wife will be saying, take the rubbish bin out. She's not going to come home and go, here comes, she doesn't call me mighty man of God. <laughs> Could you send her a letter? Can we do a tape? She doesn't see me as the mighty man of God. She sees me as Nick rescue her husband who needs to love her and provide for her and put her first and take the rubbish bin out on Thursday nights. That's where life is. That's where ministry starts. If I can't serve her and I can't serve at home, how am I going to run a church? How am I going to love? Because that's where it starts in your home. And, you know, and Charles would get caught up sometimes what he would do is, you know, and I love this about him. I absolutely love him. He, you know, this is what, he came in one day and said, Pastor Nick, can you please help me? I, I've had a fight with April. And deep down I was laughing. I was really laughing my head off because he was so cute. Pastor Nick, I had a fight. He was really just, I've had, what's the manager? I said, well, you know, I, 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 we just got into a bit of a, an argument. And he said, I think I've said some, some negative things. Now, she works for us, and, you know, I'd seen that they'd sort of come in quite quiet. And I said, look, why don't you go and ask her and have a, t you know, to see if she'll come and have a talk with me. So they both came quite sheepishly. We started a talk. She started to cry. And you could see that Charles was just so remorseful. And um, what happened is that, you know, they, they, they made up, and we just started talking about it. And they said, look, go out for an hour and have a cup of coffee. But this is what I love about him. I love the fact that he will address those emotional issues because it's not about what happens up here, it's about what happens down here. 
And friends, let me tell you, if you can start to deal with those things, because God, to take you to another level, you've got to address the internal things of the heart that seem to be hidden, that we can hide. Listen, I can hide my emotional brokenness through my spirituality. I've seen it done over and over and over again. But if I don't address those emotional issues, friends, let me tell you, I will lead myself into the stages and the destiny that God has for me. One of our other young guys, he's 23 years old. He, he's in our Victory campus. That campus is another big campus. It, it is on 12 acres of land. It has a school attached to it of 420 students. We have 60 staff just as our teachers. My youth pastor's name's his name's Mason, was born again. He was saved in the school. Isn't that amazing? A Christian school. He got saved in the school. Now, Mason came from a broken home. Mason's father left him when he was three years old. And let me tell you, he can preach. Let me tell you, these, these two young men, they can preach. Mason runs History Makers. It's a youth conference. No, you, you don't run youth conferences at 20. I was amazed last year at the incredible anointing on his life to run a youth conference at his age at 23. At 23, I couldn't even get out of bed. 23 years old, but here's the thing. I noticed something about him, that he struggled with relationship with older men. He would feel intimidated. He would feel, he would back off. And one day I was in the office with him and somebody had had a go at him. An older man had had a go and it had shattered him. And I did not realize the impact that it had on his life until I began to ask him some questions and the questions were about his father and he just broke down and cried. And he said, Pastor Nick, the, the, there's areas of my life that have been broken. But the fact that he's been open and vulnerable and honest We've been able to bring healing to his life and now to see that young man stand in a new level of anointing in God because he's taken another step to address those issues in his life. Right now, I just want to do something very quickly. There's some of you here. Um, Joe, can you just come very quickly? There's some of you here, you're carrying emotional brokenness. Now, I don't say that as a condemning thing. But if you today would be open and honest and say, Pastor, I think you're speaking to me. I wonder if you would have the courage with every eye closed just for a moment because you want to. Let me tell you what I feel. I really sense you want to move forward in the things of God. You want to take a hold of everything God has for you, but it's that emotional side of your life that seems to be holding you back. If that's you, I want you to put your hand up, not as an assigned of acknowledging to me, but saying, God, here I am today. I recognize that it's that brokenness that has stopped me from growing. Would you do that right now? Just put your hands up. Thank you, thank you. you you've, you're, you're so brave and you're so honest. And there's many of you in this place that are carrying, you're carrying scars of the past. I know what they're like. You're looking at a person that was so insecure and so broken. It was only the grace of Jesus that was able to restore me. The moment you acknowledge that you need some help, you're on the track to restoration. And Holy Spirit, I thank you right now. You know every heart, you know every recess, every place right now in Jesus' name.
your spirit is moving into these hearts. Lord, and, and some of them have cried out to you and said, Lord, I want to grow. Lord, I want to grab a hold of everything you've got for me. But it's like it's been a lid. Today, Father, we lift the lid. Father, today, in Jesus' name, actually, if you can you just stand? Those of you, can you just stand for me right now, just for a moment? Could you stand? Could you stand right now? Lift your hands towards heaven right now. Father, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, I thank you. The burden, the burden that these people have carried. And yet, Lord, there's such an innocence and such a desire to move forward. There's such an innocence and such a desire to move forward in the things of the Spirit. And I pray right now, Lord, that you will come and you will bring them and start them on a journey that will unlock the purpose of God in their life. Just give me a hand, sweetheart, just for a moment. Just give me a hand. Jesus. Jesus. Those people around them, I want you just to begin to pray. Can you just begin to pray right now? There's, a, there's just a healing just coming right now. Holy Spirit, you're just healing. You're just healing. Father, I just thank you right now, Lord, it, that they want to carry your destiny. They want to carry your purpose. Lord, and many times they struggle. Many times they feel that they, they're inadequate. Many times they feel they're not even worthy because of the brokenness that, Lord, they carry and that they hold. But, Father, today I pray that you would manifest your love upon them, that they would see the love of God, that you would begin to, Lord, begin to move into those areas of their life that sometimes seem hidden and dark. And, Lord, we, 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 we try to perform. We try to, we try to act. We try to cover those up. But, Lord... You expose them not because you want to bring us shame, but you expose them because you want to heal us. And Father, I thank you for that right now. Come on, just with your hands lifted up, just worship him just for a moment. Would you, won't you bring your brokenness to him right now? Why don't you do that? Just say, God, I, I just bring that to you. God, I just bring that to you. God, I, I just bring that to you. God, I just bring that to you. I bring it to you. Lord, I've tried. I've struggled. I, I haven't known how. But today, Lord, today, Lord, I bring it to you. I bring it to you. I bring it to you. I thank you, God, for your healing power. I thank you, God, that they're going to step into a new season. Let me tell you right now, you're going to step into a new season. I see you're going to step into a new season. You're going to step into a new season of growth and maturity and the things that have been a weight and the things that have been, you know, just a burden to you. Right now, in Jesus' name, we thank you for that. We bless you for that. Father, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, please be seated. Please be seated. I know this is a sensitive moment, but can I say this? You're looking at someone that was very broken. It's not that I didn't desire God or go through the different levels of growth. I was very broken. Sometimes people don't understand, you know, God can use a broken vessel. <laughs> And where you're broken, you become strong. <laughs> you become strong in Him. The place, you know, I, I, I was such a shy, insecure, I'm an only child. I want to take the, some of the burden of it. Some of you guys think you have to be perfect. Aren't you glad you don't have to be perfect for Jesus to use you? <laughs> Aren't you glad you don't have to be perfect for Jesus to love you? <laughs> Aren't you glad? Sometimes I'm amazed. I go in meetings and I walk away going, how, God, how did that happen? Can I take the pressure off you just for a moment? I know maturity is something you have to walk through, something you have to, and you do, you have to walk through this. 
You have to keep walking forward. You have to keep moving forward. You've got to take your brokenness. You've got to acknowledge it and say, God, I'm broken. But if you acknowledge it, just like Charles does and just like Mason does, I am so proud of those young guys. I love them to bits. I've watched them mature. I've watched them carry the call of God on their life. And, and I look at it and I marvel. And yet right in it, I can see that they're taking steps. They're taking steps of maturity. They're choosing to keep moving forward. They're choosing to keep addressing those issues that stop us from accessing the, the, the levels that God wants us to go into. It's the love of God. It's the incredible love of God. You have not, this has not been a locational shift for you. This has been an authority shift. This is by no chance that you are here. You, you, you have moved here. God has, God has moved you. God has moved you for His purpose. You've had to walk through some of your own stuff. But there's a greater authority. Just close your eyes for a minute. There's a greater authority about to, that you're about to enter into. And, and all the pain that's come that, that has actually caused you to, be, to, to address the manhood, the man that you are all those seasons and those things that have that they have processed and the well the well is deep there's there's much to draw on there's much to draw on much to draw on but there is a new level of authority there is a new level of anointing there's a greater level of influence that's about to come upon you because you have chosen to continuously move forward into the seasons and the stages of the holy spirit and because of that, there's a greater maturity that is a, a, about to come on you and about to be released. And there's greater, well, I see that you're carrying three, four, five keys, but I see more keys coming to your hand to unlock greater dimensions of the Spirit in Jesus' precious name. Come on, would you give God a big hand of praise here today? That's how, that's how we access the greater levels of the Spirit. Let me tell you how that happens. You have to allow God to go into the deep recesses of your heart. The hidden things. Do you know, you might say, how, how, you know, in the last five years, I can't believe, we started with 20 people, I can't believe I passed the five churches. That is not because I'm a great leader. That's because you have to make some decisions to allow God to address some issues in your life. And it's, sometimes it's not pretty. <laughs> but if you allow, and if you've got the courage as an individual to allow God to enter into those dark rooms of the soul that have tormented your mind, and your emotions and your will and you allow Him to come and you give Him access and you give Him permission, then let me tell you, this is what happens. There's an internal change that brings external fruit. It's a dimension of the Spirit that you enter into that gives you a greater level of authority, a greater level of anointing, a greater level of influence, way beyond what you can even imagine. And can I say this? I might be speaking to individuals, but I'm speaking to you as a church right now. There is another level that God wants you to enter. There is another stage that God wants you to go to. Do you know the question? I was Before I came uh, here, I was in front of our leaders, all our leaders. We've been going five years in November this, uh, you know, 16th. I'll never forget that Sunday. 
standing in that church thinking, God, what am I doing here? I had 20 people. They were all over 65. One of them died the week I got there. We were down to 19. It wasn't a great start as a pastor. I thought, God, what am I doing here? To find ourselves in the position we are today, not because of great leadership, but because there's some guys on our team that have had the courage to say, God, you can come into the recesses of my heart that have stopped me from accessing your kingdom and receiving the keys to your kingdom. But you know, I just stood in front of our team and I said, guys, we've been going five years. In a few months, we'll be five years old. The question I want to pose to you is where will we be in the next five years? Will we have the courage Will we have the courage to embrace, to keep growing, to keep pushing, to keep allowing God to come into the recesses of our life? And it's for the sake of the next generation. Friends, let me tell you, like never before, I feel the weight of responsibility. I've got three generations following me. Three generations, all looking to me. I've had to transition my life. You know, I'm no longer just a practitioner. I'm no longer a teacher. I'm in transition. The the decision I've had to make is, will I become a spiritual father? And I want to tell you something. I don't like carrying the weight of that. I don't like carrying the weight of me being a spiritual father because there's a lot of responsibility on my shoulders. And I thank God that God has graced me for it. But I know I'm in transition. But this is what I've said. God, here I am. God, here I am. I give you permission to address the internals of my life with my heart open. Come, Holy Spirit. Come into those areas of my life for the sake of the mobilization of a generation that can change our communities and our cities like never before. Come on, would you give God praise here today? Today, can I... Today, can I challenge you the same way I feel like this is my church I feel like this is our home church when we come to England can I challenge you with the same thing today let me tell you I see I see buildings I I see you know outreach I see that this is a this is a hub I see that out of this hub there will, there will be people that are going to come here to train I see generations being going from beyond this city they will go to the nation and the nations of the world people that aren't even born there Sarah and Lisa you're carrying babies do you know I, I, you, you, I want to speak into them right now those ba- if you think those babies can't hear us they can hear us they understand the, the realm of the spirit and we can speak into them right now don't you be surprised one of them could end up running this church how would that be wouldn't that be amazing wouldn't it be amazing to see your grandchildren one day stand on platforms that are ushering in the presence of God like never before sealing seeing healings and deliverance like never before people of the spirit that carry the sword of the spirit a double-edged sword that is able to pierce between the soul and the spirit seeing people released and raised up like never before that's the responsibility that we carry but only the ones that have the courage to step in and say, God, here I am. I'm ready to go to the next stage. I'm ready to pay the price. I'm ready to grow up in the kingdom so we can access the keys on the kingdom and unlock people out of their prisons and set them free in Jesus' name. Come on, stand to your feet. Would you do that right now? Come on, stand to your feet right now. Come on, give him a shout of praise just for a moment. Would you do that? Just give him a shout of praise just for a moment. Just for a moment. Just for a moment. Come on. Give him praise just for a moment. Shika ha sika raba. Sika. 
Come on, come on now. We haven't stopped yet. Come on. Come on. Come on. We haven't stopped yet. Come on. We haven't stopped yet. Come on. We haven't stopped yet. We haven't stopped yet. We haven't stopped yet. We haven't stopped yet. Grab a hold of it. Grab a hold of it. Grab a hold of everything that God has for you. Grab a hold of it. Grab a hold of it in the Spirit today. Grab a hold of it in the Spirit today. You're going to take a step forward. You're going to take a step forward for the sake of the kingdom of God. Things change. Things change in that next realm, that next stage. It doesn't look the same. It's different. Let me tell you, if if you are courageous enough as a church, if you're courageous enough as an individual to address those areas, to say, God, I'm ready to go, let me tell you, you will go to another level in God. You're going to see things that you just dreamt about. I'm seeing things now and I go, God, I find myself in meetings going, God, my mother used to talk about these things. And we're seeing them. We're seeing a generation emerging like we've never seen before. Come on, can I just challenge you? Come on, to lift your hands towards heaven just for a moment. And can you make an individual decision today? Can you make an individual decision? See, this starts off individually. It's it's individually. It it can't, it will can't affect corporately unless you start as an individual. Husbands, if, if you decide today, if you make a decision today to take that next step, it will change your family dynamics. If you make an individual decision, wives, just, the atmosphere of your home will change. Young people, let me tell you, if you make a decision, you might go, but I'm young. Don't let that be an excuse. You might say, I'm young. But if you decide today that I am going to step in that next realm of the Spirit, things will change in your life. You'll have a focus and a direction and a purpose, and God will give you a desire and a hunger to bring out the best in you. But if you do that also as a church, man, let me tell you, the things that you're going to see happen through this church are going to impact this city and this nation. Actually, your pastors are called to be apostolic leaders. The the cry of the nation is going to come to this house. It's going to cry out to this house. It's going to come and say, please, can you give us leaders? Can you be a church that raises up godly men and godly women that have authority, that have maturity, that that have the authority and anointing of the Holy Spirit to go and be sent out and change a region, change a city, change a nation, if you will nurture that in your church, that's what this church carries. That's the call of God and that's the destiny of God upon this church. Ephesians 4.11 gifts are going to be raised up in this house. Apostles, pastors, prophets, teachers, evangelists, they're going to be raised up in this house. People that carry the Spirit of God like never before are going to be raised up here in this house. You have a university. God is going to use, God is not bringing people here just to study. God is bringing students here to encounter God and be changed and they will go to other nations. They'll go back to their homes, but they'll be connected to this house.
Come on, hands lifted up. Would you make that? Would you make that decision? Would you take? Would you embrace that right now? Will you be that church? Will you be that church that England is crying out for? Will you be one of those churches that takes the torch of the kingdom and said, "Count us in. We will go to the next level and the next level and the next level for the sake of the generations, for the sake of the call of God in Jesus' precious and holy name."